Yo, what up? It's your boy Manny Digital. Check out this convo between current players and their alumni as they ask questions and better understand the path in the evolution of their basketball lives. We call it Pass the Rock. You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood grain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? What did you call next when they took that ish? All cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens. Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream. No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dime. All right, so we're here with Dallas Dillard and legendary St. Raymond alum, Danny Basil. Um, these two are just going to kick it for a minute and kind of at or Dallas is going to have the opportunity to ask some questions and figure out um, just some of the things that I'm sure he's been thinking about with respect to college, um, career, etc. So, Dallas, what's on your mind, bro? Uh, first question. Uh, I was thinking about this question last night. I just want to know, like, what made you, first of all, even uh, go to see and attend St. Reyes? That was my first question. That's funny you asked me that question because I was going to ask you that same question. <laughs> um, but, you know, my, I have actually a unique story. Um, I, I lived in Parkchester and I actually lived, like, literally behind the school. Me too. Um, <laughs> that's the that's crazy. <laughs> I, lived, I, I lived in 1604 Met. So I never had thoughts of going to St. Raymond's High School. I always went to the elementary. I went to elementary school at St. Raymond's my whole mm-hmm. life, from kindergarten to eighth grade. And all those coaches that were there, and I don't know if you if you heard of Mr. You know, probably know Mr. Pat Nosh, and you know, though you heard the name because I think I've he heard passed. the name. Yeah, yeah I don't he know. passed. He passed way before you got there. Um, but also Mr. Iarelli, who they do the JV tournament for. Mm-hmm. He was also he was also my coach. Um, we met him in so the they, locker room. Okay. So they knew me from when I was in first grade and I played for them when I was in elementary school. And my original plan was to go to Spelman High School because my sister went there. Um, and I woke up the day of registration and I told my mother, I said, I don't want to take the bus to go to school. <laughs> and that was the reason why I didn't go to Spelman. And that was the reason why I went to St. Raymond's. And when I walked up to the front door, the day of registration, first day of school, Mr. Sadia said, what are you doing here? And I said, I want to come to St. Raymond's. And he was like, you sure? And I said, yeah. And then that was, I started going to St. Raymond's. And um, again, I had no intentions of going there. I knew a lot of guys were going there and a lot of good ball players were going to be there on the freshman team. Um, and I just wanted to go somewhere I was going to play. But then, then, you know, eventually it all worked out in my favor, you know, working hard and kind of just, you know, knowing what you are best at and you kind of like, you know, you, you put that ability, um, you know, you, you show it all. So, yeah, and that kind of uh, goes into my second question, uh, um, like how you found your role, kind of. You said that you did a lot of working hard and you kind of like worked in your favor and, and like all evened out. But how did you figure out like what your role was for that team? Okay, so um, I think one of the biggest things that helped me out is that people kind of knew who I was already going into St. Raymond's. Like, um, I went to the, I went to the elementary school. So the coaches there kind of knew who I was. So that kind of helped. Um, so they knew the type of ball player I was. Um, I was a scorer. I was a shooter. 
So those are the things that kind of when I went into St. Raymond's, there were other guys that were there that didn't, they really didn't fit that role, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you being a shooter and I saw a lot of film on you, you know, that's the thing you got to take advantage of. Like there's probably, I would say the percentage is anywhere between 20 to 25% where there's guys that could really, that could shoot. And then there's that 10 to 15% of guys that could really shoot that are like, unlimited range or unconscious shooters. And I, I would say that you would probably say equate that to like a Ray Allen, um, you know, a Steph Curry, those type of yeah. guys. Mm -hmm. um, so your strength is shooting. So you should be, you know, focusing on that, but also getting better at those other skills that you need to work on. Um, but the way I found my role was, you know, I, I looked at the makeup of our team at the time and I was like, I'm not a super fancy ball handler. I'm not a super fancy passer. Um, I'm not a rebounder, so what can I do best when I'm on the floor? And it's like, if they pass me the ball and I'm open, I'm going to score. So that's kind of how I found my role. And I and I played for I played for teams that were really good. My freshman team, I think, we were we went to the city championship and we lost to Christ the King, and we were twenty, we were like twenty five and two that year. So mm -hmm. the the game we lost, the city championship game we lost was our second loss all year. Um, when I was on the JV team, we beat. Zavarian uh, in the city championship, and we were like again, like twenty six and one. Um, you know, my first, my junior year on varsity, we were like twenty eight and three. We won the city championship versus Lachlan, and then my senior year, we were like twenty five and five, and we lost in the I think the quarterfinals to Malloy. So you were spoiled um, as hell, is what you're saying. Basically, he's, a, he's a winner. He's a winner, basically. That's what he's exactly, saying. exactly. And 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 you know, and you and you guys are winners. You know, you're a winner. So and, and continue that tradition. Um, you know, but finding my role was like I just kind of fit in where where it was at the time on that team. You know, uh, I was a sixth man as a junior, and I didn't care. Like I was fine with that. But I was also the third leading scorer as a junior, playing behind Terrence Renter and, and Orlando Antigua, who were all Americans. So. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you got to start. It doesn't necessarily mean you got to be the leading scorer. You know, that team, my junior year, we, we had eight Division One players. And I think my, my senior year, we had nine Division One players. So um, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to be the man to be successful. Yeah, but continue that winning tradition is also uh, something we, like, try to continue from Yah and even, like, people that, like, like 2012, for example, with, with Danny Dingle and them, we always yeah. like referenced them to us because we really tried to uh, like take care of business to see as well. So my freshman year, we ended up, well, on paper, we had three losses, but we ended up going undefeated my freshman year and got a championship. And then my sophomore year, I believe we had, I think, six six losses or some, seven, seven losses. And then this year, just okay. now, I think we had, what, five going into the postseason, into the semis if we would have played and we would have played against Scanlon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, listen, this is the one thing I get from every other alumni from another school is like, why is St. Raymond's, why are the alumni so close? Um, why are we so successful on many different levels? I mean, a lot of it doesn't have to be just basketball. It could just be career um, and any type of career. Um, and I think it's because of what the past alumni contribute to the program whether it's, you know, helping with the program or coming to support the players. Um, all those things are important. And those are the things you should take away when you do graduate and move on, that when you graduate from St. Raymond's, you're part of that family forever. It, it never goes away. 
So if there's something where you need help trying to get a job or trying to help get into coaching, um, St. Raymond's alum have always been there to help that younger group, you know, flourish and, and, and become better people, whether it's in career or whatever you decide to do in life, whether it can be basketball too. D- Dallas, um, I'm curious, Dallas, um, and Danny, I think, put it eloquently right now, like what what it means to be a Raven, right? And not just while you're a student, but beyond. Do you get, do you feel like you can reach out to the alumni community, you know, whatever, anybody in the alumni About community? About anything. Yeah, do you get that sense? Yeah, like, for do you sure. feel that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I definitely, um, definitely when I was coming in, you know, freshman, really, you know, kind of in your immature year, but when I moved up to varsity my sophomore year, we kind of got that flow but that feeling that when, like, before practices or before games, when alumni used to come to the locker room and they just, like, just really just get, like, the, the family vibe just because, like, we all play for the same organization. And I feel like if I ever, like, needed anything or any, any even, like, just life questions about anything, I feel like I could reach out to any one of them. That's Definitely. good. Cause I, and, That's and, Danny, you tell me if you feel the same, but, like, when I come around, the pro- and I, I didn't play ball, right, but I attended St. Raymond, I was – big fan of the program the basketball program i always when i go back i kind of play a little distant like i don't really get up on the on the current students or really vibe too much with them because because yeah. i feel like there's a there's a line right like you can come across like a cornball or like somebody trying to tell people what to do that's not yeah. my intention like i want y'all to do what you do but at the same time i feel like it might come off like we don't want to rock with y'all you know what yeah. I'm saying? And that's not that personally, yeah. that's not my intention. So I'm curious if yeah. you feel that Dallas and, and Danny, do you agree with that? Do I feel that the, that the players from the current teams like don't want to kind of have that relationship with the, with the alumni you mean? I, or? I, I was referring like to the inverse. So like us as alums, oh. we mm-hmm. kind of like stay a little distant because we don't want to like encroach upon what they're rocking with. But yeah. I feel like it may come off like, we don't we don't want y'all to interact with us that because it, it kind of the way i feel is like i want to give you your space and your distance but I, I get excited when i see the new flock of cats right especially on a basketball yeah, team yeah. so yeah. you might come into i might come into the locker room and i might be like excited like yo what's up what's up how y'all doing blah blah and then y'all might be like you know dallas you and your crew be like yo who's this cornball b like why why he in the locker room talking nonsense <laughs> for us not yet it's definitely a, a, a respect thing also just yeah being alumni and then we just also like just take in whatever yeah just get like putting out because we always know like yeah i've been through this or yeah i've been through what we might be going through so it could always just be like good advice for us so nah, it's, i don't i don't think we get that okay and i you know you know my thing is it's Every few years, it's, you know, it's different times now. You know, I played in a totally different era than what a Mike Thompson and Eddie Rivera and a, and a, and a Gary Massey played opposed, you know, just like Kareem Reed and Eric Harris and Charlton, you know, and Danny and, and Kerwin. They all, we all played in different eras and basketball was changing as we all evolved, you know, and, and just like Dallas now, you're playing in a totally different era of basketball. Um, Definitely. So it's really, it's really your job to figure out where you fit best, you know, on the team. And I'm sure you have your role on the team. Um, but you should be thinking forward now. You should be thinking about school and where you want to attend and what school best fits you and your style of play. Um, you know, I had schools that I could have attended, but it's like, do you want to go to a school where you want to sit for a year or two? 
Now, and also, I, question: I, Did you? Um, where did you end up going for college? I didn't. I don't think Lowe so, me on that. So I ended up going to Marist College, um, okay. up in Poughkeepsie, that plays in the MAC. Um, but I probably I could have attended Rutgers. Um, I was recruited by Tulane. I was also a baseball player, so I was being recruited for both sports at the time. Um, so I could have signed early and just got my school out of the way, but I waited and, and probably the biggest mistake I made was I thought that other schools were going to come along and they didn't. Um, so then I ended up, you know, going to Marist to play, which, you know, I had a pretty decent career there. I think I ended up like the fourth leading scorer all time. Um, <laughs> you know, all time pretty three decent. pointer. And pretty decent. Yeah. Decent. It was like, yeah, I mean, it, it was good. I I think I did well. You know, I ended up the all-time leading scorer. I mean, um, all-time leading three-point um, field goals made. But, you know, I found my niche there. You know, I was able to play as a freshman. Um, some guys don't get that opportunity. And some guys will sit and get frustrated and not and then quit. Or they may want to transfer and go to a situation where they're also not going to play. So, you know, the one thing I would I would do is, or the advice I would give you is think about now where you want to go and how you could better yourself as a basketball player, get your body ready, and also mentally prepare to become that freshman again when you first came into the program at St. Raymond's. You're no, you're no longer going to be that guy when you walk into that on that campus that you, you, uh, you mm -hmm. go to. So you got to have that maturity level of like accepting certain things. Remember that like now you're going to be that adult on the campus. So like, your mom or your dad or your whoever, your guardian is no longer going to be that person to have to like fight for you to get some of the things you may, you may want or had in high school. It's now your decisions, you know, your grown up decisions that are going to kind of like make your way um, from now on. So that's mm -hmm. some of the advice I could give you. And, and you got to, and you got to keep in mind, Dallas, um, coaches don't have to talk to your parents, right? Like the conversation exactly. is strictly with you. So, doesn't yeah. matter. Doesn't matter what your parents might say. Want it's you and the coach or in the coaching staff. Yeah. So you got to be yeah. mentally prepared to kind of fight your battles when they come, uh, and exactly. be and be mature enough to pick the right battles to fight. Because it's exactly. not not every battle's worth it. Dallas, let me ask you a question. Who's who do you look up to, or who's your the player that you idolize right now, or have idolized as growing up? Pro college. I mean, growing up, uh, you know, obviously I didn't see Jordan. I wasn't old enough for that. But mm -hmm. I did, like, for the, for the NBA-wise, I did get to see a lot of, like, Kevin Durant when I was growing up, a lot of, like, uh, LeBron, those type of guys when I was growing up. One of my okay. favorite players, like, coming off a rookie season right now, even though he didn't have the greatest season, he's definitely, uh, like, a Cam Reddish type player, like a 3-and-D three, a three type of player, that, but also okay. that can um, do other things on the court. I, okay. I, really, I really like his game. That's one of my so, players. So who would you who would you say that you you um pattern your game to? If you had to say this is who I'm compared to in college or the league, who would you say it would be right now? Compared to, mm. I don't really, honestly. I don't really know. That's ooh. Um, the way my game is shaped though, in college or the league. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a slightly different question. Who do you feel like you emulate anyone in particular? Like, do you? Nah, I think okay. I think I have like kind of my own type of game. 
But even though, yeah, there's other, there's other been other players that have similar games, but I, I don't, they're not really coming to mind right now. So I kind of think I just have my own type of game. Got it. Okay. All right. Are I you, mean, so go ahead, Manny. No, I was going to say, uh, are you in love with the three pointer? In love? I mean, I don't know. Over the years, like, I've always shot at the three ball, and it's just like over the years, it's got to just come easy and easy. And like, I think I've tried every like different way to try to like perfect it, but, like, as much as possible. So, yeah, I mean, I, I love, mm, I think it's a love hate. If you're <laughs> off one day, you might not get back on that day. But if you're on, you just stay hot. And I think that's one of the love hate relationships you got with it. it Danny, did you, I mean, because you just mentioned you know, all time leading three point field goals made at Marist, yeah, right? Maris. Did you ever fall in love with the three pointer or did it just come so naturally for you that it was just your default? I think it was a natural situation for me. I think um, growing up, you know, I always grew up as the non-athletic kid. You know, really? Where, I mean, I was I was athletic, but I wasn't like the high flyer and, okay. the, you know, super quick. You know, so when I played with kids that were either really just more athletic than I was or I was playing with older guys, the only thing I could ever do was like when I caught the ball, I shoot it from wherever I was because that was the only time I was going to get my shot off. Right. I wasn't going to dribble to the basket and score over somebody. So I learned that that was going to be my way of being able to play with the better kids or maybe the older kids. Yeah, and I can say that for I me just, as well. Yeah, and, I, and that's important. And I, and I just practice and practice. And the, the person I, I emulated my, my game most was, um, too, is uh, Larry Bird. So Larry Bird was like the big player for me growing up. But I also watched a lot of other players, too. Like, I liked Isaiah Thomas. Um, I liked a guy like Mark Price. And I kind of, like, took little things from each player, and I tried to, like, put those things in my game. And those are the kind of things you should probably do, too. See what things work for other players, and it may work for you, you know, on your on your level in your game as you're moving up. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel it's important to watch players and see – what they do correctly and how you could kind of incorporate the, or implement those, those things into your game. To definitely get, uh, to get back to you on that, that question about the, uh, who I think like implements my game, definitely like players that I used to watch, like even though it wasn't my time was like a uh, rip Hamilton for one. Definitely. Okay. Like, I definitely watched a lot of him the way he like, cause our offense, like we come off a lot of screens, dagger screens and different types of screens to get us open, especially me at least during the offense. Okay. So I feel like when I watched him, like his footwork off those screens also helped me. Like when I tried to like imitate what he used to do. And also uh, another player come up with screens like JJ Reddick for now in the league, mm. him as well. Yeah. Like the, both of their footworks off the screens, like actually like insane, honestly. And, that, and, that, and that's it. Like you, if you're watching guys and you're, 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 you're really studying the game and studying how players get open and how they come off screens. And again, like you said, the footwork that they use, those are the things you should be utilizing in your game to help you get better. Um, will it be exactly the same? Maybe not. But, you know, you want to do the things that successful people do. On that note, let's take a quick pause to celebrate a Dribbling Dimes milestone. It's been nearly two years since the podcast started, and now we're ready to expand the brand with professional-grade writing, a variety of videos, special experiences, and so much more. But here's the deal. You have to get down with the email click to experience it all. So head on over to dribbleandimes.com and sign up. 
Once on the site, just scroll all the way down to the bottom and drop that email address in the join the Dribbling Dimes email click box. That's it. From there, you'll receive a confirmation email letting you know you're officially down with the click. Stay tuned to your inbox for way more from Dribbling Dimes. My, my question, I want to go back to the first question. What made you want to go to St. Raymond's? Okay, so um, I started playing basketball, like, seriously, I think around 11, 10, 11, around there. When I first, first started, like, even picked up a ball, it was, like, around 6, 7, 8. So when I played for uh, Milbank, I think you know it, right? Milbank. Yep. And uh, Rose is the coach there. And yep. basically my whole career, like, at Milbank, he used to, he was still the coach at St. Ray's. And once it came time in that eighth grade to make that decision, I realized, like, I just wanted to, like, like be comfortable. Like, be able to have, like, a comfortable situation in high school. So yeah. I could be, have somebody I could still talk to if I ever have problems. And since he was just the coach, they just worked out, like, perfectly. So yeah, that's definitely what, a reason I went to St. Mary's. And also, I was the only one from Milbank to go to St. Mary's as well. We were kind of yeah. all went there as, like, a, as, like, a team, kind of. Honestly, we kind of went there as a team, especially freshman year, at least. Okay. So then once we made that, that just made the decision a lot easier that I would know I would know people coming in and then also I would know like the coaching staff would do too. See, and, that, and that's interesting you say that because there's a lot of kids that would say, I don't want to go play with guys that I kind of play with. I want to kind of make mm -hmm. my own mark. And I there's mean, been, I understand that. you know, there's been people that have said, oh, I'd rather go to, I'd rather go to Hayes or I'd rather go to, you know, Stepanak just to kind of make their own mark and not be around guys that they play with their whole life. Um, so I, I think you made the smart decision. I mean, I think St. Raymond's hands down is the best program in New York city. Um, you know, I, I think in New York state, I mean, there's, there's no program that has the tradition we have, um, that has the facilities that we have and, and kind of has, you know, the, the history of the support that people bring as alumni, um, whether they're people, you know, or seen before, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that do a lot of things for the program that you don't even know about. Um, so it, it was a great choice for you to go there and, and, you know, as you graduate, you're going to say, say to yourself, um, you know, I'm a Raven for life. And that goes a long way because there's a lot of people that, um, could help you do a lot of things in life. If you, if you choose to stay on the right path. I just knew I had to like, like going coming in high school, you're going to have to work wherever you go. So I feel like either way, even though I'm coming in with people, I still know, and I still play with like growing up. We still gonna have to fight each other for spots or for minutes and work. We're gonna have to still work hard regardless, wherever you go. So it doesn't matter if you're coming in with players you know or don't know. Y'all still both have to compete. So I feel like exactly. that really didn't like uh, decide my decision. Danny, Let's, I got. I'm, I'm sorry, real yeah. fast. Uh, no, so yeah. what for you as you approach kind of the end of your senior season at St. Raymond, going mm -hmm. into college. What was the hardest part of, I guess, that summer and that initial transition into college for you? Going into college, that summer going into college? Right. Um, I think you kind of, it's a rude awakening if you're not smart enough to realize that um, you're not going to be the man when you walk on that campus. You know, when you're recruited, they make you feel great. They make you feel like you're going to be an integral part of the team once you step on campus. Um, but you also have to remember you're a 17 or 18 year old kid about to be young adult about to play with 21, 22 year olds, you know, and these are grown men 
ready to leave and become, uh, you know, career people once they walk off that campus. So for them, it's, it's, it's a, they take it, um, they take basketball or their last year of playing basketball really serious. And you're walking in as an immature 18 or 17 year old, just like, I just want to play and I want to get minutes and I want to get buckets. Um, so for me, um, I was struggling with some injuries going into my freshman year of college. Um, so that was on my mind a lot. I didn't have a super great senior year, which I was disappointed in. We didn't win as a team. Um, so my focus was, um, let me get my body in shape and let me see what happens when I step on the floor, you know, cause you don't know what's going to happen. You could be the guy or you could be a guy that's going to be sitting on the bench and being the ninth, 10th man. Mm. So, you know, I think the biggest thing that Dallas, you could take away from this is like, definitely prepare your body, get in the weight room as much as you can. Um, you know, just work out as much as you can get as many shots up as you can in the summertime so that you're already, um, focused on what the college game is going to be like and play against guys that are a lot bigger and stronger than you going into the, going into that freshman year, because you are going to be playing against grown men when you step onto that campus. When you, like that transition, cause I know middle school basketball to high school basketball, especially even, even just from freshman, like to varsity basketball, the game mm -hmm. pace is totally different. So how, how yeah. was that transition from high school varsity basketball to college basketball? Like that, that is the game pace any different or, yeah, you're, you're going to – and it would be the same thing if you went from college to the NBA or playing pro overseas. Yeah, that's or, what I thought. You're, you're going to see a change in how quick the guys are at certain heights too. Like you're going to see guys like in high school, 6'6 six, six guys that are not fast and they can't handle the ball. But when you get to college, you're going to see a whole bunch of guys, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, that can handle, that can shoot, you know, that can play multiple positions. So um, you're going to be surprised how athletic guys are as well. You know, layups that you probably thought were easy in a high school game will probably get blocked in a college game. Um, you know, open, open shots that you may have coming off a screen will be contested more. Um, so those are the things. The game is just going to pick up more. So you got to – your body has to really be at tip-top shape. And I'm talking about, like, not just being quicker but being a lot stronger. You know, so if you could get in the weight room and, and put like another 10 pounds on or 15 pounds, that's what's going to help you kind of, you know, um, transition to the next level. Dallas, question for you. What what are you are you thinking about basketball right now during COVID and just everything that's going on as something that will happen for you as far as being able to play this season or in the back of your mind? Are you like? you know, not, not really expecting it to happen? Uh, I think it happening or not, I think uh, we just got to just stay in the gym regardless. I feel like you, I'm just going to prepare, uh, excuse me, prepare for anything that's going to happen. If it maybe if our season gets pushed back, maybe if we don't have a season, maybe we do. No matter what, I think you still just have to make sure you're still the, the way, the same way you left is the same way you're going to come back. That that was even, a, even better to come back actually. That that was a test question, and I'm glad to report you passed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, that it's a, it's a great answer because I, I know you know for me like outside of basketball, I think about you know all the different 
implications of that, right? And uh, it's I can't. It's it's a real big distraction for me. But I see you. I see all the kids on on the St. Raymond team and throughout high school basketball, like still putting in that work, and you know, getting themselves keeping themselves mentally sharp for that. So I applaud you guys for that. It's 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 got to be tough, especially you going into your senior year. But the only way forward is to work. So if you can keep that going, I think you'll be Definitely. in the best position yeah. possible. Because it's like it's, it's it's only so much you can do if you're not if you're in quarantine, like and you're just thinking about wow we're probably not gonna have a season anyway, so it might as well just not work out. And you just can't can't have that mindset, especially for me, knowing that this is my last year. I, I realize like season or not, you still just gotta work because yeah. next is college, and you know if you're not prepared for that, then it's gonna blow you over. Yeah, you finished. So what what other questions do you have, Dallas? That you're curious about? Uh, I know. Uh, you being a winner, so like that city title, how did that feel? Cause I know freshman freshman title, okay, that's that's cool and all, but a varsity title, like that's that's something really actually like a bigger milestone in your, in your career. So how did that feel? I I think up to that point in my life, that was probably the biggest accomplishment I've ever had as you know as a team and as an individual. Um, and I think the team that we did it with was more special um, because we had. Um, a group that kind of just was like a melting pot. Not everybody came from the same area. Um, a lot of people didn't really know each other going into um, that school. And, and St. Raymond's was kind of like they were on the map, but they weren't like that school yet. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that city championship kind of gave St. Raymond's that reputation as like one of the top schools in New York City at that point. And it's kind of never stopped. Um and, you know, to me, again, it was it was a great feeling. We we had a great year. I think we won every single tournament that we went to, um, except for the state championship. We lost to Mount Vernon in the semifinal. Um, but, you know, if you could capture a city championship, not only does it say that you're, you're a winner and that you've won a city championship in the history of New York City, but it just puts one more banner up for St. Raymond's, and, and you could say that you were the one that kind of made that happen. That did it, yeah. I know the, that when that final buzzer sound, those emotions had to be racing. Man. I wanted, we really wanted that feeling this season too, especially that it had been the uh, first time we got out of the quarters in uh, since what 2012, eight years now. But yeah, so then we we finally had made it to the semis, and then as soon as we made it to the semis, we got that call that said it was it was over, and yeah, it hurt a lot because it was like wow, the one time we made it out. Dallas, you you guys played. I, I want to say it was your final game with no fans. Right, final yeah. game of the season. Yeah. What was that experience like? Because I mean, not too many people can say that they've had that experience, right? So I'm, I'm curious, like, what was going through your head? Like, how different did it really feel? Tell yeah, us. Definitely, never ever had that feeling, like ever, never ever played without anybody, like clearly nobody in the stands. But we mentally, I think mentally as a team, we were just prepared that whole week. Because we, we got the news, and that whole week during practice, we just, like, prepared ourselves to know that we're not going to play with fans. But even fans or not, we're still going to have the same energy we would if it was a packed gym or a sold-out crowd. We realized that at that point, when we walked into that gym and see nobody, that we were going to be our own, like, our little cheerleaders, if you want to say, or our own motivation to keep going. And that's why I think that's really the, the reason why we came in and got that victory. Danny, uh, after your life... I guess I want to say after basketball, but really what I mean is after playing, right? Yeah. 
did you have a plan as to what you were going to do? Um, really? Yes and no. So when I finished playing college basketball, I went to Puerto Rico and I played there for three years. Um, and I kind of thought that was going to be a long, long career. You know, there's guys that have played like Tyler Brown played there. I think I want to say Tyler played almost 20 years there. Yeah. Um, you know, Jesus. I think Orlando, went, Orlando, went, Orlando played, Orlando and Tigua probably played close to 15, maybe more, you know, in different places, but in Puerto Rico, he played for a long time. So, um, Eddie Rivera, I think played there for probably close to 20 years, wow. played on the Olympic team. So I thought I was just going to do the same thing. I was going to play, make money, you know, you know, you make your money in the summertime. And then if you decide to play somewhere else, you play, if you come home, you have a job part time. Um, but it didn't work out that way. Um, so I came back and didn't really work for a couple of years. And I was just, you know, doing like some, some training, one-on-one training, you know, coaching kids. And then finally it just came to the point where I had to like find a job and, you know, I, I got a temp job and it wasn't really paying me anything. So I said, what can I do where I could dress any way I want, still coach kids and get out of work early. And that's, you know, working in a school and being a phys ed teacher. So I went back to school, got my phys ed degree. Um, and then it kind of just like snowballed from there. And I, I really didn't teach for that long. I only taught for about five or six years. And then I became an administrator, um, became a vice principal, um, athletic director. And then now I'm back to being a vice principal athletic director in, um, in Elmo Park High School in New Jersey. Um, but I also like, and you know, that I referee on, I referee on the side. I do college basketball as my second job. So, um, you know, those are the, those are the things that have kind of panned out in my career. And it's been a blessing to me to be able to do the things that I'm doing now. And finally for you, Dallas, do you, and I know this is probably like for you infinity years away, right? But like, do you ever give thought to the day when you stop playing the game and what you're considering to do? Wow. Uh, when I stop playing the game, mm, when I, <laughs> I know it's mad I, long it from now. Like, it feels like it's so far away, but it, is. it, it really it should come. It might come like this, but I, when I stop playing the game, I definitely still want to be around the game. Like, uh, like, like Dan said, so I don't know if that relies on coaching, training, maybe like school, physical ed teacher, but definitely want to still be around the game basketball because the way it's like impacted my life and it's basically almost all my life besides uh, education. So yeah, when I finish playing, I definitely want to be still like around the game somewhere somehow. Dope. Any, anything anything else you got either one of you want to say or, or ask before we wrap? Um, my, I just want to, you know, give my, my last advice to Dallas, you know, just keep working hard, um, stay in the gym as much as you can, um, get your body right that now you're going into your senior year. Um, I think my senior year, I was putting up about 500 shots a day and my coach, Gary DeSpeezer would stay after practice with me and rebound when I would shoot. Um, and we would stay for another hour and a half, maybe after practice to shoot. Um, and those are the type of things you gotta, you gotta do to be successful. You gotta kind of sacrifice some other things, um, and put the work in, in, in the gym to kind of, uh, you know, be successful on the next level and just keep your head right, man. This is going to be a lot of downfalls, a lot of failures, but don't let those things get to you. Um, because there's going to be more positive things happening in your life than there are going to be negative. Um, and you know, and if you ever need advice, you could always reach out to me, um, and we could talk. 
and it's always good to have a mentor too. Always have a mentor, um, whether it's basketball, work-wise. You know, I have my mentors in refing. Um, always have somebody you can lean on and get some information from because sometimes your closest friends aren't the people that are going to give you the best advice. Um, you want to get it from a perspective of like um, a non-judgmental um, perspective and somebody who's going to give you real feedback about where you are and, and how you can move forward. That's a gem right there. Lot, put that yeah, one in I your pocket. Definitely understood that one. <laughs> definitely understood that one. Yeah. But uh, final words. Um, I feel like, yeah, I just believe in locked in as of late. Because these past few months, when first even when first quarantine first started, uh, just trying to keep working out. Uh, for next for next season upcoming, uh, we got I think seven returning players from last season. So we do we do lose a couple seniors, but I feel like we're gonna have a good season. If, if it starts on time or if we have a season still, I feel like we've all been, like, working individually. And then once we get back as a unit, I think uh, we'll just pick up right where we left off for sure. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some games for sure. Uh, I don't yeah, care how many masks I got to wear. I'm, I'm there. So uh, <laughs> I hope we can get that rocking. But you guys, yeah, man. hopefully. I, I, Dallas, I hope this was helpful for you. Um, I, I, I definitely learned a lot. So selfishly, it was great for me. <laughs> oh, I le- yeah, I learned a lot too. That's actually a lot of good advice. Cool. I appreciate that. Right. I really appreciate. Uh, I mean, I really appreciate meeting you, Dallas. Hopefully, I'll see you face to face at one of your games, and we get to talk. Um, but again, if you ever have any um, thing you want to talk about, you can always reach out to me. I'm available all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Manny, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Also, appreciate yeah, for sure. It. Uh, you're welcome, you're Danny. Welcome. Danny, we got to do another one. Just you. Right, and we got to get into the details of all you just kind of highlighted right now. Anytime you want. Yeah, we, a bunch of general statements. There's a, there's a lot of winning, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to get into it. Don't worry. <laughs> all right, y'all. Y'all Anytime. be good, man. Stay safe. All right. Thank you. All right. Be good. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dives. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now check us out on social media as well we're live on twitter instagram and youtube on all platforms you can find us at d-r-i-double-b-l-e-n-d-i-m-e-s